Hello and welcome to a special episode of Is It Rotten? I'm your host, Edward V, and today I'll be discussing Ready Player One. But I'm not alone. With me here today, in her Is It Rotten debut, I have special guest, Brianna. Would you like to, would you like to say hello, Brianna? Hi. I need you to speak into the mic. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Before, before I get started, I just want to let you guys know that the podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and you can tell Alexa to play Is It Rotten Podcast and she'll queue it up for you. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Is It Rotten Cast, as well as Brianna on Instagram at Bri underscore ANA89, or on Facebook as Brianna Surrey, that's S-U-R-R-Y, and her other social media is on there as well. So Ready Player One has a runtime of 2 hours and 20 minutes. It was directed by Steven Spielberg. It stars Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, Ben Mendelsohn, Lena Waithe, T.J. Miller, Simon Pegg, Mark Rylance, Philip Zhao, Wynn Morisaki, and Hannah John Kamen, as well as a bunch of other people, but you know, I didn't I didn't feel like putting on those names in the doc here. So, the plot summary. When the creator of a virtual reality world called The Oasis dies, he releases a video in which he challenges all Oasis users to find his Easter egg, which will give the finder his fortune. The current percentage on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie is 72% from the critics and 77% from the viewers. Here's your spoiler warning as we get into the discussion here. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read the quick little notes that I have here because it's just three quick bullet points and then we can continue on into the uh, discussion here since you have the movie. Uh, fresh in your mind. So I've seen the movie maybe two or three times up to this point. I didn't really want to watch it again because to me this movie is just okay and after the first couple of uh, first couple of times um, two hours is a lot to sit through for just an okay movie. Um, I remember most of it pretty well so a list of things that were different in the book here we we can discuss after you know you give your general thoughts on the movie itself. I'll say I did, I really enjoyed the book. It made me go back and look into some of the 80s properties that we were, that were mentioned, uh, which was a cool experience. I actually want to revisit the book because I enjoyed it so much more than the movie itself. The performances in the movie are fine. The visuals are fine. Uh, the movie is a good movie based on the ideas in the book, but not a good book to movie adaptation. Other than that, That's all the notes I have there. Now I'm opening the floor, opening the mic rather, to you to share your your thoughts on Ready Player One. I like the movie. Um, I like adventure movies. I like sci-fi. It's a bit teeny bopper for my usual taste, but I liked it. I'm not a book reader, so I don't know if your opinion is strongly based on reading the book and comparing it to the movie? Very much so. Okay. Yeah, see, that's where we differ. Um, from the couple books that I have read, 
and watch the movies, I guess I can see how you feel that way. Like, of Mice and Men, I thought the book was better than the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the only one I can think of off the top of my head right now, because, like I said, I'm not a reader. Did you but read The Great Gatsby? Nope. That was, like, school-required required read. I don't like it. I can't say that. I didn't read some of the required. <laughs> Othello. I, wrote, I read Othello. The book was better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, no. I like the movie. That's good. That's cool. That's good. For a teeny bopper movie. They tried to put some curse words in there and a couple references, like, with the suit. Like, when, um, was it Artemis was, uh, messing with Z when they were dancing. And she was like, do you have... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that they they put a couple adult references in there, but overall it's pretty teeny bopper. So. Mm. Yeah, it was a, a I don't want to say it was a departure from your usual Steven Spielberg, but it was a, a little bit of a departure mm-hmm. from your usual Steven Spielberg. But it was it was fine. I mean, like the the Rotten Tomatoes percentages are decent. Mm-hmm. They're both in the seventies for the critics and the viewers, so it's not like trash. So other, I mean, other people's, other people's, other people didn't think it was garbage, which is whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't think it was garbage. I didn't, I didn't think it was garbage either. It just wasn't a good adaptation from the book. Yeah. But I've heard people say that they think the, um, they think the if they would have done a direct adaptation from the book, it wouldn't have been as good because of some of the themes which we'll get into here in a moment and some of the way that things you know unfold in the book it wouldn't have translated well to film i mean you don't really know unless you try it but they didn't so anyway um so the list here is just 22 differences between the uh the movie and the book number one is the location um the year is still 2044 but in the book Wade Watts lives in Oklahoma City, not Columbus, Ohio. The headquarters of both um, Oasis and IOI are in um, Columbus. The stacks appear in the film, much like they're described in the book, but Wade begins his journey far from any of his friends in in far from any of his uh, in-game friends. A lot of them come from all over the world, and you know from Canada to Japan and, and so on and so forth the way that they come together in the movie I was just it's like okay, alright <laughs> well oh, alright yeah that was yeah that was one of my complaints I didn't really like how this it was because I remember specifically just the the reveal of Artemis that happened way too soon like that didn't happen he didn't see what artemis looked like until the very end of the book like the last like one or two pages of the book wow yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's a big difference yeah so and then she also doesn't look like artemis looked in the book she was raven haired in the uh in the book if i'm remembering Mm. correctly but i'm sure that uh i'm sure that's in here somewhere um the future the book is more dystopian than the movie as wade narrates about the death of james halliday the people on earth had other concerns the ongoing earth uh, energy crisis catastrophic climate change widespread famine poverty and disease you know dogs and cats living together mass hysteria that's a quote from the book by the way uh, major cities have been wiped out in nuclear war in the movie wade only hints at the fact that 
we as a civilization have stopped trying to fix things and instead are just trying to outlive worldly prom- uh, problems. I cannot read today, apparently. <laughs> um, he Wade loves 80s culture. Wade's love up. Uh, see, Wade's love of 80s culture <laughs> stemmed uh, in part from him imagining that his life was more like family ties uh, and less like the horrors of 2088. I mean, 2044. Man. <laughs> I, don't even, I was like, where did 2088 come from? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I couldn't add earlier. So. I just, what? Man. <laughs> I'm not usually off my game this much. This is terrible. Do I make you nervous? Nah. Man. Nah, nah. <laughs> just, it's not you specifically. It's just people in general. Cool. Um the rich man's game oh yes this really bothered me about the movie so in the movie raid had wade 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 watts superhero name um <laughs> that's that's why his name is wade watts because his I, I think his mom or somebody thought it would sa- thought it sounds cool like a superhero name like peter parker it does or bruce or bruce, banner bruce banner or whatever mm-hmm. you know but I don't know if they... I don't remember if they explained that in the movie or not. I think they did, but I don't remember. You watched it. Do you remember? I don't remember them mentioning that in the movie. Okay. No. I don't know. Maybe it'll get there. Who knows? <laughs> um. Yeah. So, Wade has free reign of the Oasis. It's a virtual paradise. In the books, he's too poor to travel anywhere beyond the boring starter planet in Scipio and his public school on Ludus. So in the book, everybody pretty much pretty much everybody goes to school in the oasis, hmm. and the schools issue like the the cheap oasis headsets for everybody to go to virtual school. So that's very much different in the, in the yeah. Movie. I don't. It doesn't show school at all. Yeah, I mean maybe it. I mean just. We'll get, we'll get there. Um, so the fees to teleport anywhere, anywhere else, were beyond his means. He couldn't even afford clothing upgrades for his avatar. The only way he could even access the Oasis was through his school-issued console and visor. Um, jobs in the 30-year-long Great Recession. Can you imagine? 30-year-long Great Recession were nearly non-existent, and virtual objects in the Oasis were as expensive as their real-world counterparts. So, yeah, hmm. the weight in the book. In the book, Wade struggles mightily with his weight. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. He was a fat kid in the book. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I remember that. Wow, he's definitely not fat in the movie. No. Wow. I, yeah, yeah, that's High five crazy. for the fat kids. <laughs> I was one of them. Well, I am one of them. <laughs> nice. I wish he was fat in the movie. Uh, yeah, I remember because I remember thinking that because I started reading the book when they first started talking about doing a Ready Player One movie, and I just remember specifically thinking, I wonder how they're gonna do him fat, and then mm-hmm. what he's gonna look like when he's in the Oasis because of course he is he's not a fat kid in the mm-hmm. Oasis, but then when the trailer came out and they had little Ty Sheridan yeah. in there, I was like, wow, that's not a fat kid. So is he running around in the book? In the real world, like how he's chased in the movie. Um. Hmm. Yes and no. 
Yes. Well, another thing, he didn't really. In the movie, he really only had one scene where he ran on foot. I mean, I if you count using the um, the little motion pad, I mean, the running thing that he used in the Oasis to move. No, there's the one scene when he's trying to save his aunt. Like, he actually ran from oh, his little... Oh, in the stacks. Yeah. yeah. I think that might have been the only time. Okay. So, yeah, I guess him being fat wouldn't differ. Yeah, it's, he still failed. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, in the book, he struggles with his weight. It made going to school in the uh, in the physical world through through sixth grade miserable for him. When he moved to Columbus, he actually enables a voluntary Oasis fitness lockdown so that he wouldn't be able to visit um, the Oasis unless he followed a mandatory daily exercise regimen. In fact, Wade, Samantha, and Helen, which are Artemis and H, um, were all overweight. Something what? that rarely gets transferred into a Hollywood movie. I didn't wow. remember that Artemis and H were overweight, but hmm. um, I guess the chick that played H was not thin. Yeah, I was going to say so. she wasn't like buff or anything. She was a thicker. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's fine. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely didn't remember Artemis being, being uh, overweight. Chill in the book but it's been a while um Ogden Morrow's exit from the movie makes James Halliday's love for Ogden Morrow's wife central to the whole of Anorak's quest and shows Halliday pushing Morrow out of his company in the book Halliday did have a crush on Kira but the primary reason Morrow leaves is because he feels GSS is no longer a video game company and that the oasis has caused humanity to run from its problems instead of fixing them. I eh, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> I guess. And the whole character of Ogden Ogden Morrow was completely different in the book as well. He he was like this legendary like wizard or something like that mm-hmm. who had like all of these powers and stuff in the game, and he. He'd, um, like, every every year on his birthday, he'd have, like, this huge, like, invite-only party at the little disco place mm-hmm. that they showed in the movie. Mm-hmm. But it was, like I said, it was, like, like invite-only. It was, like, that whole, or, like, I was looking forward to that scene in, in particular when I was reading the book because, like, the way it's described in the mm-hmm. book is just... It's crazy, you know. I guess they did okay with people like floating around yeah. and dancing and stuff in the air because the way they described it, it was a lot like that. So I think they did that pretty well. But um, other than that, that whole sequence was just like oh, <laughs> not the same. It wasn't. It wasn't the fact that he he wasn't some butler working at the library. Yeah, I was gonna or say whatever. he was just the butler. Yeah. Yeah. But you he, don't find uh, it out until the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't find you still don't find out that he's he actually has the character. Well, no, you know that that's him because because everybody knows that he yeah he throws the parties yeah. So I don't. Yeah, he was nothing in the movie. Yeah, he was. He showed up at the end and yeah. that that little coin and gave the coin. <laughs> Had I don't. The lawyers at the end. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't. I wonder why they make the changes that they make sometimes. Mm-hmm. But just moving on to the the main storyline, the quest for the keys. Um, 
the quest for the copper key, one of the biggest differences in the quests is that in the books, nobody knew where the first one was. Instead of a giant race, oh, yes, I forgot about this. Then, ugh, ugh, <laughs> just, just recap. Uh, okay, everything, everything, the entire, um. all of it is different. Okay, so instead of a giant race where every gunter and sixer competed for the copper key, the location of the first key was a mystery. Its location uh, on a public high school planet says a lot about who Holiday hoped would win the ultimate prize. In the book, it was a Dungeons and Dragons quest hidden in the empty wilderness of Ludus, which is the school planet, mm-hmm. which was how Wade was able to get off that planet because when he found the first key, he got enough points and mm-hmm. money to be able to buy teleportation off of the school planet so he can do the other stuff. Gotcha. So, followed by a death match to, um, followed by a match to the death of the classic arcade game Joust, which I played after reading this book, and that game is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Artemis actually was the first Gunter to find the dungeon, but Parzival was the first to beat Halliday's avatar at Joust, and he was the first to get the copper key, and like I said, everything mm. happens from there. Not this, not this race. From yeah, that the, is different. Wow. Yeah. Completely different. Completely different. Huh. <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah, because even the explanation and like how did even when he figured out to go backwards to win the race, like so that's not in the book. No. Oh wow. That rate that whole race huh. sequence, the whole how to get the first copper key. It's fabricated. It's made it up. Wow. Yep. Hi, Steven. Or whoever. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, it's like cool, I don't though. even. I mean, yeah, sure. It just I feel like I didn't <laughs> I didn't get the adaptation for the book that I wanted with yeah. this movie. It's just a completely separate movie. It's I mean, like Jousting I wanted. Is cool, but I think I'd rather see a race with you know grills and. I mean, yeah, it's more the race is more <laughs> cinematic. Yeah, it's not. I guess it wouldn't be quite as cinematic to see a kid sitting at a video game cabinet mm-hmm. playing Joust against you know. <laughs> sure that's not quite as cinematic but it's still you know it's far-fetched from the book yeah it's just yeah it's fine (laughs) it's fine it's already done so it has to be fine yeah we're a year removed from it now so it's whatever um the quest for the jade key part one i fully applaud okay i don't need to know your opinions on this um (laughs) (laughs) Let me get my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the person writing this article, they, you know, they're applauding the, the writers and decisions and stuff oh. like that. Oh, their decisions to um, change the quest for the Jade Key from the book version, a TRS-80 adventure game followed by the entire recreation of War Games, where Walt had to emulate... Walt? Who is Walt? Yeah, that was my question. <laughs> Alright. Wade, yeah. It says Walt in the in the, in article, the article here, yeah. <laughs> anyway, where Wade had to emulate Matthew Broderick's character. Yeah. I was looking for well, I was wondering how they were gonna do that as well. Basically, in the book, for, to get the Jade Key, they have to, I think they have to go to like this planet that's basically just a, a bunch of copies of the house that James Halliday grew up in mm-hmm. and in his bedroom they had to find a copy of 
no, I think that was a different key. I think that was the last key. I'm getting my keys mixed up. But in this this one, basically the challenge was that he had to emulate the movie War Games. And you, he basically was Matthew Broderick, and he had to quote the movie line for line. I've never seen it. I watched it after the book, obviously. I it's need a, a, I it's need all to right. Watch it. Yeah, it's all right. But they did they they changed it to the shining to an the, mm-hmm. you know the shining inspired adventure mm-hmm. in the movie so sure i guess i haven't seen the shining either but i did like that scene it was cool especially seeing um h mm-hmm. being so afraid mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like the biggest one is afraid and hadn't seen the movie either so she didn't know like what she was starting but i mean it worked out Mm-hmm. 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 Wait. <laughs> oh my god. Move no, on. <laughs> I um I think I had seen The Shining not super recent before seeing Ready Player One, but it was I think the previous year. So it was it was pretty cool actually. Is The Shining a Spielberg film? No. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Moving on. Mm-mm. It's Kubrick. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you can just edit that out. Thanks. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Cool. I'll let you, I'll let you leave that egg on your face there. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I thought I was on to something. <laughs> nope. Not not at all. Cool. Um. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that was basically um, a solo quest in the book with Parzival and Artemis competing against each other, you know, along with the High Five, which they don't even come up with that name until the very end of the movie either. Mm-hmm. Which, it just showed, like, anybody that's not paying attention and it just shows up at the end on some board calling them the High Five, and just like, all right, what's this random name? Why are they calling them that? I guess I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. I don't remember seeing that on the board. Yeah, it was like a little, like a little poster board, and somebody like wrote it on there or something. It was, oh. Yeah, it wasn't anything that any of them expressly said in the movie. It gotcha. was just written on a board in the background somewhere. Gotcha. Yep. Now I need to go and find it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the timeline in the book. There's a big gap between clearing the first gate and figuring out the clue to the second during that time wade leaves oklahoma city for the first time in his life creating creating a whole new identity uh, bryce lynch oh i forgot he changed his name that's dumb hmm. and getting an apartment in columbus paid for with endorsement money from his new in-game fame he even gets a job in oasis tech support it's during this time that artemis begins letting her guard down and she and wade get to know each other online Wade begins to care more about hanging out with Artemis than the hunt. He won't leave his apartment for another six months. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can understand why they cut that out. Yeah. But cutting out that span of time where the relationship between him and Artemis blossoms um, makes for a very rushed relationship between the two of them in, in the movie. Yeah. So. But I think since they were young... Like, again, it had that teeny bopper feel, so, I mean, teenagers fall in puppy love quickly all the time, so I guess that's why it didn't seem too far-fetched for me. But yeah, that makes sense. Then without, again, I didn't read the book, so. Right, without having the the building blocks of their relationship from mm-hmm. the book, it's, it 
has a completely different feel in the movie, which I suppose if you're expecting something like that in a movie of this sort, mm-hmm. then it's not surprising. Uh, so that's fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so the brothers. Oh, the brothers. In the movie, Daito and Sho are real-life brothers, and Sho is only 11 years old. In the book, Daito and Shoto never meet in real life. (laughs) They are both enrolled in a support group from... I'm not even going to say this Japanese name. (laughs) Um, They're Oasis Oasis Addicts who'd disengaged from the real world. Shoto is younger of the two, but not a kid. So, in the in in the book, their names are Daito and Shoto, respectively, because those are, like, um, the longer and shorter, like, sword and katana or whatever. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So, I don't know why. I mean, I, Americanizing it, I guess. Making it just show. I don't show. know. Yeah. yeah. And just that whole, how that, how that ends in the movie was, I had, a, I had problems with the final final sequence of the movie but i'm sure that's on this list somewhere <laughs> um we don't have to go over tj miller's character he was garbage who is it i rock the guy with the big oh, skull yeah. yeah he was different he was he went to the um i think he went to the school the online school with wade oh and in the they, book he's a child i think they're all children oh. well yeah i think he's also a child on that i think in the movie he was just kind of like comedic relief but it was failed yeah comedic relief like it wasn't really funny but they tried yeah <laughs> they had they had this um kind of like h's garage in the movie they just had like this underground um like chat room basically mm-hmm. that they all hung out in that you had to have like had, had uh have a password to get into but um obviously that wasn't the case like he was a uh, poser friend of theirs in the book and he was actually like trying to blackmail and stuff like that mm. yeah Schnoozville. yeah <laughs> so i mean while that was very different in the movie it was just it was like okay whatever when i heard that it was tj miller i'm just like all right let just skip that character altogether <laughs> <laughs> the first virtual date in this in the movie artemis and parzival um, oh, Artemis takes Parzival out to a club for zero gravity dancing almost immediately after they meet in an attempt to find another clue. In the book, the distracted globe is the site of Ogden Morrow's 73rd birthday party, like I said, mm-hmm. to which they've both been invited. Uh, Parzival does dress up like Peter Weller in Buckaroo Banzai in both, so that stayed the same and he arrives in the custom delorean that he races in the movie oh man just saying that just makes me think about all of the other stuff that was just not in there like the, he he had like his home his own like mini like planet and like this oh. castle and ships and all kind of cool yeah but this special the, the special delorean was something that he had with like the the kit lights on the front mm-hmm. yeah that's the, the that was his main m- mode of transportation in the book gotcha. um, when he proclaims his love for artemis though she realizes she's let things go too far online and breaks things off and it's marl's avatar the great and powerful og 
who single-handedly neutralizes the Sixers when they attack the party. Yeah. He just shows how strong of a wizard he is, how much power he has in the game um, during that whole raid, because, like I said, he single-handedly takes out everybody, which I would have much rather they done that instead yeah. of what they did. That sounds cool. But, you know, time constraints and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm. There's... There was a sex doll, and um, hmm. we're not going to do anything more with that. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't in the movie at all, so... A book, eh? I have to get that book. <laughs> <laughs> the quest for the Jade Key Part 2 in the movie The High Five found, uh, find the Jade Key soon after teaming up. In the book, after nearly a year of frustration, Artemis surprises everyone by finding the Jade Key first. IOI has an artifact that traces what sector she's in. H is next and gives Parzival the hint he needs to catch up, though their friendship has become strained because of Parzival's infatuation with Artemis. The actual quest is a 3D playthrough of Zork that includes finding a plastic whistle in a box of Captain Crunch. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> so, I guess it's fine. How did they do the Jade Key in the movie? That was... um during the shining sequence that's when oh that was the jakey yeah the yeah. zombies and uh-huh dancing zombies got it i remember yep. now got it got it hmm all right fine i guess <laughs> <laughs> it was cool yeah, sure um the death of daito shows 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 older brother is around for the final fight in the movie but in the book daito never makes it off Froboz, the planet with Zork. He's killed by the Sixers in real life. Oh, man. Yeah, they break into his 43, uh, 43rd floor apartment and throw him off the balcony, making it look like a suicide because he's, you know, yeah. sucked into the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's one of the ones that was in the support group, right? Right. Gotcha. Shoto becomes more interested in avenging his friend um, than winning the contest. So, hmm. yeah. That I had problems with that, along with other things that are coming. I'm sure. Um, yeah, not that I'm talking about it. I think I think they were only brothers. Yeah, they were only brothers in game, in the book, but in the movie they made them actual. Yeah. Yeah, they were brothers in the movie. Yeah. And he definitely did not die. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. Can't even get a good death these days. Um, yeah, there wasn't really anything sad in this movie even when like the aunt died the well she was trash in the book yes yeah and then the boyfriend was trash too so it's kind of like yeah okay whatever he's like yep and they didn't really focus on um wade's emotion about it so you kind of don't even get a moment to feel bad for them no which i'm okay with it's fine (laughs) (laughs) they were garbage human beings and that's that uh the quest for the crystal key in the movie the quest for the crystal keys is as simple as finding an easter egg in the middle of the atari 2600 game adventure this is mentioned twice in the book first in halliday's initial video referencing the hunt and then as the first task oh the final task excuse me once parzival is uh, through the third and final gate in the book ioi's nolan sorrento is the first one to decipher the clue 
for the crystal key and clear the second gate. It involves a Voight Kampf machine from Blade Runner. An immersive, oh, I remember, I remember. Um, an immersive version of the 2D side-scroller Black Tiger and the lyrics of Rush's The Temple of Syrinx? Syrinx? Alright. Um, yeah, that was one of those things that I didn't go check out after this book, listening to Rush and all of that. No thanks. <laughs> I might go check it out. Um, yeah, the book's 70s and 80s references are that dense and occasionally obscure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Blade Runner sequence. That was, I think that was another one of those quoted word-for-word word kind of things or something like that. Mm. I was looking forward to the Blade Runner sequence as well, but didn't get that. So, The IOI break-in. In the book, Wade intentionally gets himself arrested using the Bryce alias. He becomes an indentured servant at IOI headquarters. In the movie, Artemis is taken by IOI. Oh, it says that here. I'm jumping the gun. But only after purchasing IOI intranet passwords and system exploits that allowed him to steal data from IOI before escaping into a maintenance uniform. In the movie, Samantha, aka Artemis, is taken by IOI agents raiding her house looking for Wade. He, uh, her friends break her out of the indentured servitude pod by tricking Nolan into thinking they've broken into his office while he's still in the oasis. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like that change in the movie. No? No. Why it was not? weird. I don't understand why she... I mean, I guess it fit into that whole we're the rebels thing mm-hmm. that they did, but I don't know. I guess because they also cut out the fact that he moved to Columbus and was living by himself for a while. Oh. So it makes sense that he wouldn't be the one that got taken away. I don't know. It's just... That was one thing that I didn't really like about it. Gotcha. But that that in-between period i mean it, it did start moving a little bit slow during that in-between between the trying to find the jade key part mm-hmm. because it was just jam-packing a lot of 80s references and stuff in mm-hmm. but it was still a lot of building story and you know getting to know wade and artemis and everybody else in the group and then you know it was, it was just it was just cool you know because it gave a lot of um it was a lot of future stuff you know they he had like this whole chair that pretty much like conformed to his body perfectly this suit that he wore and is this nolan or is this wade wade oh yeah and, and you know nolan had like the fancy chair in the movie yeah then piece of garbage. <laughs> um yeah in the, in the book he had like the the top of the line virtual reality gear and everything mm-hmm. so he could like be fully immersed in the game when he was playing and it was yeah, it was cool. I just had a very vivid mental picture when I was reading the book, and just to not get anything in regards to that in the yeah, movie. Yeah, because it's definitely not like that. In the movie. Not at all. Using like some trailer <laughs> <laughs> that he like pieced together. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. You got a time constraints and all yeah. that. Yeah. So the great and powerful Og in the movie Ogden is merely the tour guide to the Halliday Museum. In the book, he has the ability to eavesdrop on conversations inside the Oasis, including the one where the remaining four members of the High Five are in H's chat room talking about how they have nowhere safe to go. He offers him um, he offers his home in Oregon, where they end up meeting for the first time. Of philanthropists, it's Og and his deceased wife's company that provide all the educational software they um, that taught Wade as a young child. He sends private jets to collect Wade and his friends before the assault on the Sixers. Yeah, 
I didn't I didn't think they were gonna do that part in the movie mm. because the way that they um the way that they described his house you've seen Lord of the Rings right mm-hmm. his house was basically a recreation of um where the elves lived oh that's cool yeah <laughs> kind of whimsical like if if I'm remembering correctly, don't don't quote me on it. But I I think that's what it was was that it was it was just like with the waterfall mm-hmm. and just basically a recreation of that. He had all of them with their own oasis like rooms that they could set up in with the highest of tech and everything. He sent jets out to Japan and all over to pick up H because H was driving around in a in an RV, not an old mail truck. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like the book a lot more. I like the book a lot more. So the final battle in the book and movie, the orb of something. Osavox, sure, is a rare magical artifact that creates a force field around the final gate. In the book, that's the entrance uh, entrance to Castle Anorak, Halliday's old uh, Halliday's <laughs> own little slice of the oasis. In the movie, it's a frozen planet with an old Atari mm-hmm. console and tube television. Uh, in both, Parzival recruits the entire Gunter community to come fight the Sixers. In the movie, Artemis sneaks in and disables the orb, but in the book, it's Parzival's scheming inside of IOI that disengages it with a pre programmed Johnny Five detonation. Um, Oh, with the pre-programmed Johnny Five detonating an explosion inside the field. Well, that's different. Yeah, but that also goes back to him being, being captured. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they and had Artemis. to do something different because they took Artemis in instead of him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Artemis was still kind of in that fight being inside of IOI in the movie. So, yeah, kind of the same thing, but very different at the same time. Um, so, did he give, like, the speech in the book? Was it like this big televised speech? How everyone? I think he. How he got everyone on his side? I don't know. I don't remember if it was a speech. I think he did send. It was either like a speech or he sent like, and like basically like an email blast to everybody in Oasis. Mm. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember I exactly. I think I like the movie better. Yeah. At least for that. It it could have been a video recording that he sent out to everybody, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember the exact details. I'll. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get the book again because just going over this is making me want to again because I really like the book being the um the pop culture geek that I am. <laughs> <laughs> um the giant robots. I was really disappointed with this in the movie. So in the movie, H is building a custom iron giant in the book the iron giant is one of the options when Parzival beats the black tiger challenges. Uh, beats the Black Tiger Challenge, but he chooses Leopardon from the 1970s Japanese Spider uh, Japanese Spider Man. Yeah, I've never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Japanese Spider Man? Yeah, man, it's it's it it sounds as corny. It, I mean, it looks as corny as it sounds like, but okay, it's basically Spider Man, and he has a Megazord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried to find stuff like this is one of the ones that I really wanted to watch after I read the book but I couldn't it's so hard to find this I couldn't really find anything 
yeah yeah it's uh anyway um it's leopardon or more specifically the starship marveler that the robot turns into hmm. that parzival rides into the final battle oh yeah that's right so he takes leopardon into the final battle the other robots were from the anime series wait the other robots were from anime series artemis selects transer z from mazinger z mazinger yeah man these names h had (laughs) h had an rx-78 gundam mech from mobile suit gundam and shoto went bigger with uh raideen from brave riding one thing that remained the same was nolan's mechagodzilla his Sixers also had the five robotic lions from Voltron. So, I imagine they didn't do this part because of licensing. Oh, yeah. Which is sad because I would have, I was, I was really looking forward to this part in the movie. That would have been cool to see just because a lot of those I don't know what you're talking about. Like, they did the Gundam suit in the movie. That was the white one with the that show turned no 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 one of the one I of think the japanese Dio-to turned into that one yeah perhaps maybe i think it was the one that died in the book i think so yeah maybe okay um, i don't remember that uh, detail those specific details from the movie but i remember it was one of the two uh asian brothers yeah they did that one and they did Iron Giant, and then they did Mecha Godzilla mm-hmm. in the movie, and that was uh, that was about it. And that was so sad because I was looking <laughs> forward to Voltron and and Leopardon and just <sighs> you didn't get it. I didn't get it. <laughs> um, I thought I remembered him playing a game of Pac-Man and trying to get the highest score in the book, but maybe it maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But to win. No, I know what he was it. I think he got the um he got the that's how he got the coin. The oh, extra the life coin. Oh, the coin he got from the butler in the movie. I think he had to be get the highest score of of Pac-Man like ever. Yeah. To get the the extra Oh, the extra life. Yeah, I think that's actually coming up in a second here cuz I see the picture. Quit jumping ahead. Yeah, the extra <laughs> life coin. Okay, yeah. Um but that's 21. We're on 20. Hayata's beta capsule in the movie Daito enters the final battle by turning into Ultraman ah yes in the book Parzival's friendship with the Japanese brothers begins when he invites them to high level challenge his uh, to a what what (laughs) (laughs) in the book Parzival's friendship with the Japanese brothers begins when he invites them to high level challenge he's discovered oh they didn't put a word in here that's why I'm confused to a high level challenge he's discovered and they complete the quest together over the course of a week instead of auctioning off the prize Parzival tells the brothers that Ultraman's powers belong in Japanese hands and he lets them keep the priceless artifact and when Daito is murdered Shoto gives the capsule to Parzival who uses it to defeat Nolan's Mechagodzilla in the final fight so 
Yeah. I'm trying to picture the fight in the movie. Was Ultraman in that fight? No. In the answers the final battle in the final battle by turning into Artem- Ultraman. I think I know Artemis had something to do with the You know movie. what Ultraman looks like, right? No. Okay. I'll have to show you because I don't remember if it was in the fight or not. Uh, no. To a giant version of of that. Nothing like that. Nothing looking like that. That didn't happen. Nobody grew into something like that in the movie. Maybe it's the thing I was thinking that... Dioto became, but he was like white and red, not silver, and he had like a shield, like a. No, yeah, that was the Gundam. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Hmm. No, I know Artemis. Artemis fought. What was it? The Godzilla thing. Say it for me. Mecha Godzilla. Mecha. Mm-hmm. Godzilla. Yep. She like shot the window out. Man, it's sad. I just watched this. <laughs> she shot the window out. No, no images are coming up when I. Uh, Google search it yeah, next no, to Ready Player One. Yeah, they did the, the Gundam though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that. Dial two. Cause that was that part was cool, but they didn't do they didn't do Ultraman. Yeah, cause he sat there and waited. And they were like, "Come on, tap in, tap in." And finally. <laughs> he oh yeah. Yeah, he was kind of just sitting there, just sitting there while like, everyone's fighting. Yeah, <laughs> he should have been sitting there dead, like in the book, but. Whatever. <laughs> um. So yeah, just just there's so much that happened in that final battle that didn't happen in the movie, and it was just that was so disappointing to me because I was looking forward to sp- those specific things for that final battle, and, and it just didn't happen. So I jumped the gun in the movie. Parzival wins the quarter in a bit with the virtual guide to Halliday's library. Mm-hmm. In the book. It happens during his search for the Jade Key when he plays a perfect game of Pac-Man. In both cases, it's the only thing that keeps him alive to complete the quest. Number 22 on the list. I'm there, and there are a lot of things in the, in the middle here that didn't get touched on uh, in the list here. But this list did what I needed it to do. And that's fine. So number 22, the end. In the book, Wade and Samantha don't meet in person until after Wade has secured the egg. Parzival meets H on the way to Oregon, but Samanda and Shoto are already in their oasis pods when they arrive. The four surviving friends don't even clan up once they realize it'll take three of them to open the final gate. It's only when Wade becomes the sole winner that he announces to the world he's splitting the prize four ways. And rather than, rather than closing the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays, as is uh, as in the movie, Wade simply says, after his first kiss with Artemis, for the time in as long... Wait, what? For the first time in as long as I can remember, I had absolutely no desire to log back into the Oasis. So, the movie was very different. <laughs> but... I mean, gave that little, that corny garbage ending with them sitting in that little chair, kissing and stuff at the end of the movie. I distinctly remember that because I was highly upset with this trash ending. Yeah, for me, it could have ended when um, Ogden opened the door to the back of the postal truck or whatever it was that Helen owned with the lawyers. Like, they could have just ended it there for me. 
Yeah, but they had to live happily ever after. You okay. had to show that they live happily ever after. Yeah, that whole closing the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays things doesn't make sense, f- even in the movie world, because there are people that have jobs in mm-hmm, the Oasis. Mm-hmm. How can you close it on Tuesdays and Thursdays? I mean, I guess you could work on Saturday they and Sunday, but, uh, you know. How do you feel about the differences? How, I mean, does that, I mean, you know. Some of the differences make me want to not read the book, but hear more about the book because I don't care to read, but I don't mind listening. So maybe I might try like an audio book or something because I would like to experience the differences because some of it does sound pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of into 80s pop culture, not so much the 70s part of it, like mm-hmm. later 80s, early 90s. So that would be kind of cool too. I did get get some of the references um in the movie so to know that the book has more would be kind of cool yeah they tried they had 80s stuff in there but they brought current stuff in as well like they were i know you don't know what overwatch is we were talking about this earlier at church <laughs> <laughs> there they had like one of the characters from overwatch like front and center in one of the trailers um, they had Halo in there, Master Chief. They had all kind of stuff. Chucky was in, yeah, you know, in the final Steve battle. Yeah, there was Steve Jobs reference it's, in there. You also. know, it was just they they tried to modernize it as well for the current audience, mm-hmm. as well as try to blend it with some of the older stuff. And then also because Spielberg was directing it, he didn't want to put a bunch of other a mm-hmm. bunch of properties he did in there, even though he put the the T Rex from Jurassic Park. But whatever. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And you just I don't understand why why Kong was in there, but that had to do with that whole race that never that was existed. A race, yeah. <laughs> I so, liked it. Yeah, I mean, I like having King Kong there too. It had it it, it took the second viewing I think for me to just kind of be okay with it. Yeah, Except to sit it. there and just enjoy the movie mm-hmm. because the first time I was like, all right, we got this book to live up to. Oh uh, yeah, and then it didn't. That it makes was sense. it was just it wasn't anything the book at all ever so yeah <laughs> it's yeah yeah because two of the keys are completely different from the book and the movie so yeah yeah and even the third key i mean it was the the crystal key or whatever it was fairly similar like it was kind of close but i mean it, i mean pretty much ended the same way mm-hmm. but it was still differences along the way but uh, sure. <laughs> whatever man i don't ever have to watch it again how so. long is the book how many pages roughly <sighs> like is it a thick book uh, i don't think it's th- a thick book i listened to it i didn't i've never actually held the book yeah. You listen to it. Okay. Yeah, I listen to books while I'm working. That's how I get through so many books. So how long did it take you to finish? Um, a couple of days. And this is just at work? Yeah. It's so like eight-hour shifts? Eight-hour shift, 385 pages. Oh, that's not bad. Nah. be nice to have some pictures. I might actually read the book. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but I, no, I'm actually, like, thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good it's a good book, man. I really liked it. So all in all in all, it's fine. It was alright. It wasn't it wasn't a good like I said, it wasn't a good book adaptation. It was a good 
movie inspired by mm-hmm. the Ready Player One book because so much was different and they just kind of chill, used the same characters and you know made twists and changes. But yeah, it sounds very different. Like seventy five percent of it is different. <laughs> yes, maybe more. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we before we wrap this thing up here? No. No. It was a cool teeny popper movie. I might read the book. That's about it. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. All right. Well, you answer the uh, the titular question here. Is it rotten? No. No. No, it's. I don't think it's rotten either. It's just you know, like I said, it's not a good book adaptation. It's a good. It's some good movie inspired by the book. So. I agree. That's that's that. So, for this week's recommend, I am I'm, I'm uh, talking about Happy Death Day to you. It's the sequel to Happy Death Day, obviously, <laughs> but it has an interesting twist to it. I think it got overlooked when there's a period there. I need to slow down. Um, I think it got overlooked when I when it first came out because the trailer didn't really clue you into the fact that there would be a twist in the movie. It made it feel like the same thing would be happening again and I can understand people not wanting to sit through that again. I enjoyed the movie, but I will say the first movie is better, but I do I, I will recommend checking out Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day to you. I heard that they're supposed to be doing a third movie as well, so we'll see how that one turns out. But in closing, if you like this episode or like what I'm doing with the podcast in general, feel free to leave a five-star review and leave a comment giving some feedback. As always, I've put the link to the Rotten Tomatoes page in the show notes if you want to look into the movie or read some of the critic and user reviews. I hope you'll join me next week when I discuss Rampage. Until then, have a great week, and may the force be with you. Let's see. Oh, you have your other social media on here. Okay. Oh, I think my Snapchat's on there also. Yeah, yeah. And your MySpace. No. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Let's see. Let's oh, see man. if it's still. Oh, man. Wait, are you on it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's embarrassing. I haven't been on my MySpace in years. I hmm. can only imagine the picture I have as my profile picture. Wow. It's a baby. Wow. You said it's a baby? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Jeremiah. <laughs>